This morning, we want to know uh, where you're worshiping from. If you'll jump into the comments, tell us what you're doing this Mother's Day uh, for fun. And I tell you, it's, it's so uh, good that it's Mother's Day because we have all kinds of good news to report to you today. The first is this. Um, you'll remember on Easter Sunday, uh, on Easter Sunday, we asked the church uh, to give generously in the name of Jesus Christ in light of his resurrection. And, um, and so the church went online. We, we gave in Jesus' name. And uh, man, I'm so excited to report to you that the, the Gallatin County Food Bank uh, reached out to us after our donations uh, earlier this week. And the food bank reported that we gave $15,600 to our community. $15,600 with over 76 households involved in that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, for generously giving. We have said as a church that we are about loving one another uh, in Jesus' name, loving our neighbors well, and, uh, and so thank you for doing that to the glory of God. Um, the second piece of good news, and I'm super excited about this, um, our elders met earlier this week, and we have an open date for the church to the public. Uh, we're moving to phase two. Mark this date down. We are doing this effective Memorial Day weekend, May 24th. Again, we're going to open up the building on May 24th, Memorial Day weekend, and here's what that looks like. Um, it's going to begin at our 9 a.m. legacy service. It's going to take place here at the Bozeman site. Um, as you know, our legacy building is quite small, and so we didn't feel like we could socially distance well. Um, and so legacy, you're coming into town. It's going to be great. Uh, come on down. And, um, and many have been asking uh, what that's going to look like. Um, we are encouraging for that first service face masks. Um, we're going to have a face mask contest. It's going to be awesome. Um, these are the awards that we're handing out. Um, if you look like a ninja, that's going to be one of our awards. Um, is that your ski mask award? We're going to have one of those. Your mom sewed that for you, didn't she, award. And why are you wearing that face mask around your neck award? So we're going to have all those together. Um, again, face masks are not required, but for our first service, it's indoors. And at least for a few weeks, we want to get people comfortable and love each other well. So please, please. Um, the second piece with that um, is that we are going to be seated uh, in the sanctuary as we gather up. We're going to sit in family uh, groups together, uh, but we'll be four seats apart uh, in our groups. So Memorial Day weekend, that's the plan. Come at 11 o'clock also if you have been a part of our Bozeman site. Our Bozeman site service is at 11 a.m. Um, if that's been your home, this one's for you. It's going to be outdoors. So we're encouraging you to bring a family blanket, bring chairs, come hang out. And uh, if you have kids, this is particularly for you. I mean, it'll allow you to have a little bit more distance in between the crowd. Um, also, on that note, um, if the weather is bad, if the weather is bad, we plan to call the service. We're going to let you know by 9 a.m. And then at our 9 a.m. service, you can join us online, or we'll also have an 11 a.m. service online if the weather is bad. Uh, we'll be doing that. Speaking of online... If you are still uncomfortable meeting in public, I want you to know this straight from our elders. On May 24th, we are now a three-site church. We are, have a legacy site here, our Bozeman site, and then also our online site service. Um, so just know that if you are sick, if you are immunocompromised, or if you just don't feel comfortable, that's okay. Uh, we still plan to worship with you online. You won't be missed, uh, missed out or left out. Um, and uh, so jump in on that. Um, uh, service as well. We'll be doing our online service at 9 a.m. every Sunday online, only at 11 a.m. if our uh, 11 a.m. service is canceled with the weather. 
Um, so I know for some of you this seems like a really ta- long time out. Um, so know this, this coming Sunday, this coming Sunday, May 17th, we will have online worship, but we're going to follow it by a pep rally tailgate party here at the Bozeman site. A pep rally tailgate party. Uh, we'll have that 11.30 a.m. in the parking lot of the church, socially distanced, of course, but bring your food, um, bring your family, and we're going to celebrate meeting together Two more announcements as I continue my marathon of announcements this morning. (laughs) Men's Bible study. We've got a breakfast group that normally meets at 7 a.m. on Saturdays in Bozeman. They've been meeting by Zoom and will continue to do so in the coming weeks. Um, They're starting a new series on May 16th in a book called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a timely study for where we are in life. Um, Contact Bo Friend for more details. And Misty, our moderator, will give you details on that on the Facebook contact page. page right now. Um, Also, our community garden is going to open up this summer. We've contacted the local authorities. We're good for that. Uh, Spring Hill offers this community garden for anyone interested in our community. Uh, Plots will be tilled and available for planting on May 15th. Um, So you can find more details on that at springhillprez.com slash connect slash garden. And again, we'll get those links in the comments. Friends, I'm excited today we're going to have communion together. We have Bill Young uh, preaching uh, with us. And so um, if you have bread, if you have wine, if you have grape juice in your house, please get those elements ready. Um, but for now, let's, uh, let's be called to worship by God's word. Good morning. It's great to see you all. This comes to us from Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's sing together. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
as we head into confession, I want to uh, kind of prepare it a little bit. There's two types of confessions. One is forced. And I think of a parent and a child where the parent is frustrated, looks down to their child and uh, says, say you're sorry. Just, just say it. Say you're sorry. And the kid turns around, sticks his hand on the hip and says, sorry. That's forced. The other is based on the character of God. And we see in scripture, every time a person gets a glimpse, a hint of who God is and his character, they are just down on their knees and they confess because of who God is and they see themselves clearly. So when we go into confession, this is not a time of just mouthing the words. This is a time of looking inward and seeing a holy God and embracing and confessing so we can draw closer to him and develop a deeper, just incredibly intense relationship with the living God. So as we head into confession, let's keep that in mind. Eternal God, we confess that we have praised you with our lips, but have not glorified you with our lives. Have mercy on us, we pray, for our weak faith that fades under pressure, for our quick enthusiasm that just as quickly dies, for the hope we proclaim, but we do not pursue. Forgive us, Lord God, and give us new trust in your power that we may live for your glory and boldly tell others of your loving kindness by our actions and by our words through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the greatest thing about that is he doesn't turn us around and says that, doesn't, that wasn't good enough. We have an assurance of pardon that we know that God is drawing us in and drawing us closer. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us this truth. He chooses us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. It is by grace you have been saved through faith and received forgiveness by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen.
Like I said in our announcements, I'm so pleased to have uh, Bill Young joining us this morning. You know, uh, I've been preaching through a camera to you for the last month or so, and I thought, why should I have all the fun? Uh, so it's good to have Brother Bill with us this morning. I'm going to read us a scripture and then pray for him. Uh, so Bill, consider this uh, your virtual hug from afar. Hear this from the word of the Lord. We're going to read Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31. Let's listen to God's word. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but this is the word of God, and we believe it endures forever. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for our brother Bill. We thank you for, uh, Lord, just his uh, testimony to your word or for the witness that he shares this morning. God, we thank you again for our moms and for this Mother's Day. And, um, Lord, we pray that you would be with those uh, who are hurting, those who are missing mom today, those who maybe uh, want to be a mom and are struggling with that. God, I pray now as, as Bill opens up uh, 
the exposition of your word, that you would speak through him, that you would give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts to know you today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Most of you know that I'm a Methodist from West Virginia. And having that for background provides me with a special connection to Mother's Day. Here's why. Anna M. Jarvis was a Methodist who lived from 1864 to 1948 in Grafton, West Virginia. And she was the one who first suggested the national observance of an annual day honoring all mothers. Anna did this because she loved her own mother so dearly. So at the memorial service for her mother on May 10th, 1908, Miss Jarvis advocated that all mothers be honored on the second Sunday in May. And her local Methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia, took her suggestion seriously, and they started observing Mother's Day because of Anna Jarvis's insistence. Now, shortly thereafter, the entire Methodist denomination celebrated the event. And then in 1912, the Methodist Church officially recognized the day and raised it to the national agenda. And over the next couple of years, this idea quickly gained popularity. So much so that on May the 10th, 1914, by an act of Congress, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother Day. He established the day as a time for the public expression of our love and reverence for the mothers of our country. Now, two decades later, again on May 10th, Mother's Day, again in Grafton, West Virginia, my father was born. So I have heard this story of the origin of Mother's Day all my life. My dad's family knew Anna Jarvis. They worshiped with her in the Methodist church there. And I've seen that Methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia, where it all started. But it's only right that we celebrate this day. Mother has always been synonymous with love and devotion and sacrifice. There's always been something mystical and reverential about them. They are always pictured as infallible, virtuous, without flaws, and conceived without original sin. And immediately following birth, every new mother has to drag herself out of bed and awkwardly pull herself up on the pedestal of motherhood that's provided just for her. Now, some women adjust easily to the saintly image. They come to love the adulation. They even learn how to bask before the multitudes that pay homage to them at their feet on Mother's Day. But there are those women who just can't stand the height, and they jump off, never to be seen again. But most mothers just try to figure out what in the world they're supposed to do because motherhood is hardly an exact science and there is no one-size-fits-all model. And most of the training comes on the job and it mostly involves trial and error. 
It is an impossibly tough task, and there's no one right way to do it, and there's no human being who could always do it right all the time, even if she knew in the first place what it was that she was supposed to do. I think the German poet Wilhelm Busch nailed it perfectly when he put it poetically this way. Mutter werden ist nicht schwer, Mutter sein dagegen sehr. Now, loosely translated, that means to become a mother is not so difficult. On the other hand, being a mother is. Now, you put that dose of reality together with the fact that today we live in a culture that depreciates, even denigrates the stay-at-home mom as somehow less valuable or fulfilled compared to a woman who decides that she either wants or needs to add her own career to that already overwhelming burden. Now, this morning, regardless of how you feel personally about Mother's Day, whether this day is greeted by you with animosity or apathy or ambivalence or else with awe, appreciation, and affection, today we are going to celebrate mothers. Now, we're going to, however, keep in mind, and this was a caution that I was given back in seminary preaching class. We were warned not to get too sentimental in a sermon about motherhood because, A, for some, motherhood is an accident, not always a welcome one. B, for some, biological motherhood simply is not possible. C, for some, either their own mother is in particular or else mothers in general just weren't all that nice. And D, for some motherhood, even under the very best set of circumstances that they ever experienced, it was hardly something like a bed of roses. No, it was less. Now, you might be thinking, with all those stipulations, why bother with Mother's Day at all? Well, I'll tell you why. Because for all of its stumbling blocks, pitfalls, and broken dreams, for all the dirty dishes and diapers and postponed plans and the plethora of problems, we are still talking about one of God's most beautiful ideals. And it's an integral, essential part of God's plan to bring love and caring to the human race. Now, to put that into the vernacular, there just ain't a whole lot else out there in the world besides the cross of Jesus that shows sacrificial love like motherhood. And whether we want to admit it or not, we know that's true. A few days ago, I made a marvelous discovery. I learned that the ancient Hebrew language of the Old Testament the root word for compassion comes from the word womb. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Thousands and thousands of years ago, the ancient Israelites knew that if you want to talk about love or sympathy or sacrifice or caring and compassion, you begin with the word womb. 
So no wonder then that Abraham Lincoln said, nobody is poor who has had a godly mother. No wonder then that an old Spanish proverb proclaims that an ounce of mother is worth a ton of priest. And no wonder then that God's word here in Proverbs tells us her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise. Much of Hebrews or Proverbs 31 here is spent recounting the duties and responsibilities of an ancient Israelite wife Many of her chores and jobs are alluded to here in the passage, even though it is obvious from the text that the gal mentioned has to be married to a man of means. Nevertheless, her job description is still quite extensive. And you know what amazes me about the passage is how little things have really changed over the centuries. Think about how much your wife still has to do. Now, fellas, you want to know what your wife is worth in dollars and cents? This week on the internet, there's a website that tells us. There was a study by an attorney and an accountant using the top 10 metropolitan areas of our nation as their economic indicators and then considering the various functions that a mother performs and the times that she spends doing them as chauffeur and gardener and family counselor and maintenance worker and custodian and housekeeper, cook, errand runner, bookkeeper, budget manager, interior decorator, caterer, dietitian, secretary, public relations agent, and hostess, and on and on and on. Now, men, if we had to pay the bill for the services rendered based on the current professional labor market value, our bottom line dollar amount would be $278,430.92 a year. And those are just her wages. Excluded at that cost are things like workman's compensation and paid vacation. I mean, let me ask you, how much you pay it? Now, as Proverbs 31 proclaims, a good wife is a great deal. Back to paid vacation for a moment. How much does the mother of your children get? I can tell you what she doesn't get. Susan Lang is the author of a book, Women Without Children. And in that book, Susan says that women who never have children enjoy the equivalent of an extra four months and three weeks of leisure time every year. Now, if that figure seems excessively high to you, this is how Susan computed the sum. She quotes several studies that demonstrate that the average mother spends 3.5 more hours a week doing housework than a wife without children, plus an additional 11 hours per week on activities that are solely child-related. So that adds up to an additional 754 hours of, week, of work every year. 
And that's the equivalent of 19 weeks of eight hour, five days a week, work weeks. 19 weeks is four and three quarter months of marketplace work. And that's each and every year. Now, I doubt if there's a woman watching this this morning who's pulling in anywhere close to almost 300 grand as her piece of the family financial pie, even if you include the extra 754 hours of overtime. You see why scripture tells us a wife of noble character who can find She's, She's worth, worth far, far more, more than, than rubies, rubies, is how the, the NIV, NIV puts, puts it. it. I, like I like it in, it in a modern, modern paraphrase. paraphrase. She's, She's worth, worth her, her weight, weight in gold. gold. Now, now, if, if she she's not, not making monetarily anywhere near what she's worth, worth then, then husbands, there, there better, better be a, a well of a lot, lot of fringe benefits, benefits going, going along with the job. job. And, and praise, praise better, better be, be one of them, and it better be high on the list. The sad truth is, way too often, it's not. Author Susan A. Yates, in her book, And, and Then, then I, I Had Children, children presents the findings of an exhaustive study conducted by the American Medical Association utilizing our nation's leading psychiatrists, psychologists, and family counselors. And that study reveals the seven leading causes of depression in mothers of young children. Here's the list. Number seven, inadequate husband involvement in training the children. Number six, the critical and negative atmosphere in the home. Number five, confusion about discipline. Number four, lack of time with husband. Number three, stress of too many demands. Number two, monotony and loneliness. And the number one cause of depression in mothers of young children, low self-esteem. Hey, guys. What in the world are we doing and not doing? Do you see how just a good dose of praise along with some involvement and real time spent expressing affection and appreciation could wipe out that whole list? It's why verse 31 implores, give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, I want you to try this. Men, before you go to bed tonight, I want you to sit down and make a list of 30 things that the mother of your children does for you and your family for which you should thank her. And then you make it a point now, this has to be intentional, it has to be deliberate, and it has to be demonstrated. You thank her for one of the things on the list each and every day for the next month. 
Now, you make sure you got her attention, and then you pay her a compliment for her contributions. And for good measure, throw in another compliment about her attributes, her attitude, her character, habits, her looks, her talents. And then the next day, you move to the next item on your list. Now, this is going to take you to the middle of June. I promise you by the middle of June, men, that your home life, your marriage, not to mention your love life, will be far better than it is right now. I promise you that. And if it isn't, and you can document for me that for 30 days you've done exactly what was asked, if you could tell me, honestly, Bill, this was the first thing on my list. And on May 11th, I praised my wife in this way. On May 12th, I said this. I did that in order to show her appreciation. And if you can document that for me for the next 30 days, and if things are not better in your marriage, then as an apology, now that the restaurants in Bozeman, Montana are open, I'm going to take you out and buy you a steak dinner and I promise you I'm not going to have to pay off as a matter of fact there might be some men in this church who won't take me out of state for a steak dinner just for making this suggestion and it's not because I'm so wise or clever or knowledgeable about marriage and interpersonal relationships because I know a lot about women listen I don't think I know anything at all about women but men, I know your wives, and I know they're women of character, and I know they're going to continue to do the job anyway, and they're going to continue to do it with the same standard of excellence that they're doing it now. But a little praise wouldn't hurt. It could only help. On August 30th, 2017, the relentless rains and high winds of Hurricane Harvey pounded southeastern Texas. And there was a 41-year-old mother with her three-year-old daughter trying to escape the rapidly rising floodwaters. They were driving down an Interstate 10 service road in Beaumont, about 85 miles east of Houston. And then tragically, Colette Sulcer was trapped by the flooding waters. And in a desperate attempt to reach safety, she pulled into a parking lot. She grabbed her child, got out of the car, and she was trying to run for high ground. But mother and daughter were caught in the flood, and they were swept into a canal and downstream for half a mile before Colette managed somehow to cling to a railroad trestle. Now, the tremendous force of the rushing flood waters actually pinned this mother against that trestle. But by standing on her tiptoes and keep raising her child above her head, she somehow kept her daughter safe. By the time two Beaumont police officers and two divers reached them, they were only able to rescue the child. Colette Sulcer drowned while holding her daughter's head out of the water. She sacrificed her life to save her child. Now, husbands and fathers, let's ask ourselves, isn't this true? 
Isn't this true that the mother of our children would gladly, willingly, instantaneously do the very same thing if she had to? You know that's true. You know it. So how are we supposed to respond to that? Well, this passage in Proverbs tells us her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. So give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise. Not only on Mother's Day, but every day of the year. Bring her praise. Let's pray. We remember, Lord Jesus, how on the cross, as you gave your life to redeem sinful humanity, that one of the things you did there at Calvary Dying on that cross with your sacrificial love poured out, you provided for your mother. God, as we consider her sacrificial love, help us to provide an offering of praise. And we ask for the ability to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I tell you, uh, Bill, we are so blessed um, to have your word, brother. And um, as a young dad, um, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Especially, I'm, I'm looking at your wife going, you're an example of a, of a caring, awesome, incredible mom. And, uh, and thank you to all of our mothers, you know, um, as Bill was preaching, I was thinking of Jesus uh, and, and the, the words that we know of Scripture about him, that greater is no one than this, than the one that lays down his life for his friends. Moms, thank you for, uh, for what you do. Um, we're going to come to this time in worship where we remember that, where we remember what Jesus did for us. And, uh, and Spring Hill, I miss you. This, this table reminds me how much I miss being in communion with you. But we know by the Holy Spirit, as we take of the bread and we drink of this cup, uh, this morning that we still proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until uh, he comes again. Still living uh, out our own sacrifices, we take up our cross and follow him. I want to just invite you, uh, if you have bread and grape juice or wine in your house, we also handed those out earlier this week. Um, now is the time. If you have those cups on the top, you've got a wafer. And underneath that, uh, you've got your juice. And so there's two poles there. Um, but for now, let me pray for us as we prepare our hearts to receive communion. Let's pray. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for giving us the example of what sacrificial love looks like. As we say, for stepping across the abyss of our sin and making a way where there was no way, Lord, we, we praise you for that. And God, we confess so often in the, the, the last month, two months, we have forgotten what it means to follow you. We've forgotten what it means to live in the light of that sacrifice. 
And so God, we come to this table where you said, remember me, do this in remembrance of what I've done for you. And so God, we just pray, would you help us to taste and see that you are good this morning. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen. So friends, uh, we're gonna do this uh, legacy style up at our legacy site. We take the bread first and then we, we drink of the cup. So hear these words that I received from the word of the Lord and now pass on to you that Jesus cried out the nights of his arrest and betrayal. He took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let me invite you now as one. Let's take and eat the body of Christ broken for you. same manner. After supper, Christ took the cup of salvation, pouring it. He said, this cup is the new covenant. It's sealed in my blood. It's shed for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you take of this cup, you do this in remembrance of me. Let me invite you to drink and know that he is good. So still today, even though we are separated, we together proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes again. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me? Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. Friends, I want to thank you again for your generosity. Um, Spring Hill is so blessed uh, to have your tithe and offering, but we don't give it just for uh, one another. We give it first for the purposes of the kingdom of God. We give it first for the glory of God. And so I want to just invite you now. Um, we have a way you can give online. You can also mail in your check uh, to the church. And, uh, and thank you, thank you for giving to his glory as we continue to serve him together. Join us in singing Anchor of Hope as we close worship this morning. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God, author of all that is good, faithful provider and giver of life, source of all power and Oh God. 
Friends, I don't know if you noticed or not, but uh, it is so good to have the worship team back in our midst. Becca, thank you so much for being here this morning. Throw a like button or a love button or whatever you got, a care button. Also to Paul and Cody, uh, thank you for leading us. And um, uh, it's just good to be together. And we earnestly look forward to being together with you in the weeks to come. I want to just invite you back next Sunday. We're going to be jumping back into our Nehemiah series on courageous leadership and uncertain times here online. And then right after that, meet us in the parking lot at 1130 here at the Bozeman site. Bring your picnic and uh, we'll have a tailgate pep rally for Memorial Day weekend on the 24th. I, I can't wait. Uh, to see us all back together again as we become not a one-site church, not a two-site church, but a three-site uh, church. You know, in this time and uh, day of social distancing, we don't hug each other a whole lot. We don't shake hands anymore, but let me invite you, if you are with a loved one in your home, will you take a hand for the benediction today? Hear this prayer together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go and serve the Lord. God bless. Amen.